Come on, let's give it up for our moms. Happy Mother's Day, moms. When you're little and you skin your knee or you get hurt, you call for mom. When you're hungry, certainly when the little ones are hungry, they come in and they say, mom, I'm hungry. When you're getting picked on and someone's bullying you and you're little, you go tell mom that somebody's bullying you. When you have an upset tummy and you're sick and you don't feel good, you call for mom. You say, I need my mom. Uh, when the camera pans to the football player on the bench and he turns around and he notices the camera on him, he turns and he waves and he says, hi, mom. He doesn't say, hi, dad. He says, hi, mom. You never see anybody go out and get a heart tattoo and on the inside it says, dad. <laughs> it says, mom. And so this Mother's Day, we thought it would be really fun uh, we got a couple tattoo people in the hallway at the end of service. <laughs> Our gift to you today is we would like you to go out and get that tattoo. But truly, I want you to hear this, moms. I want you to just truly just stop. I want you to relax. I want you to absorb this sermon. The reality is, uh, for me, I put a ton of pressure on myself by choice uh, because I believe in supporting and speaking into moms' lives. So each year... I commit Mother's Day Sunday morning to be a sermon that I put together for moms because I believe in speaking in a mom's life because I believe truly moms are the most amazing people in the world. There is no other thing, and I shouldn't say thing, but there is nothing else as great as a mom. You got to think about this in Genesis. This is the part where I'm saying you got to just let yourself receive this. You got to think about this in Genesis God is laying out the foundations of how the world is going to be. He creates and he puts things in order. And then in the garden, he says, here's how it's all going to function. Adam, I've given you dominion over this earth and you're going to name the animals. You're going to do all this stuff. And then he says, but what I, what I need you to do is I need you to be fruitful and multiply. Can I get an amen? <laughs> I need you to be fruitful and multiply. I need you to, but listen, the design for the advancement of this earth involves at the highest level a mom in motherhood saying like look here is what we want you to do we want you to raise kids and advance this it's an amazing thing for you to be a mom and, and to walk out this thing called motherhood I don't want to go much further into my sermon uh, without acknowledging uh, the moms in my life uh, first of all back here is my mother-in-law everybody give it up for Connie back here She's so supportive and encouraging, and many of you know she's a, she's a counselor, and so whether you would like counseling or not, she gives it to me. And um, kids, her kids watching, my, my wife watching knows this, uh, whenever she sits forward and says, okay, then you know you're about to get it. The counseling is coming. Okay. And then, you, uh-oh, there's no getting out of this. And so uh, we love you. We appreciate you. I, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. Somebody say amen. So let's honor her. And then my mom, who was in first service, I, I, she's running around here somewhere probably ministering or helping out. But my mom, same thing to you. Uh, she was in first service. We publicly honor her. Uh, she led the way. She was the example as I grew up uh, for ministering and being in ministry and serving those, even when you don't get recognition. Um, she served in children's ministry my whole entire life before it was ever even a certified ministry. 
back then it was like, oh, take care of the kids. It was never called children's ministry, children's pastor. And she was just in there loving on kids and serving them and leading them well. And, um, and so we honor mom. Give it up for my mom today. And then, of course, the mother of my children, Jess, is sitting here right in the front row. Not only is she mother of my children, she's my wife. She's also the, the pastor's wife in this house, which comes with many things. So she's my wife. She's the mother of my children. She's also the pastor's wife here. And, uh, and she does it like Jesus says. Jesus, the scripture tells us that uh, freely you have received, so freely you give. She does all of those for nothing. Freely gifts. Freely gifts. Yeah, yeah. Bail me out. Thank you. Bail me out. Never talks about it. Never asks for anything. Does it? Because she loves you and she loves me and she loves our kids. So she does all these things. As a matter of fact, I was on the phone with our tax lady uh, this year. We were talking about some things. And, uh, and we're going through all the different you know, things that you go through with tax. And she says, uh, the tax lady says, well, you know, uh, now when it comes to Jessica, oh, we get to Jess. And uh, so since Jess adds no value to the household, and I was like, <laughs> she meant because she doesn't make any money. I'm just here to say this morning, she's the most valuable thing in our household. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> so love you. I'll see you later. Amen. <laughs> but seriously, moms, I want you to stop. I want you to receive this sermon. I, I, I truly want to, not just because it's Mother's Day, because we could stay in a series and give you a chocolate and it'd be a great day, but I really want to speak into you. I want you to receive these. So each week or each year, it puts pressure on me, but it's because I believe in it and I want you to hear this. And so I want you to stop and I want you to realize, because moms, mothers, you, you put too much on yourself about what you think it should be and the world tells you what it needs to be and all these kind of things. You put all this, this pressure on you. I want you to stop and just receive Right now, if you're a mom, you're already amazing. You need to walk out of here with like a strut. You're a mom. You created life. You brought life into this earth. Can I get an amen today? I want you to think about this. Not only are you just a mom, somebody who birthed a human being, but the reality is about it, you play so many other roles. You know, I read a lot of leadership books, and I, you know, studying all these things, and these leadership books tell you, oh, you know, don't work on your weaknesses, you know, work on your strengths and run with your strengths and give away the things that you're not good at and do all this. Kind of... Moms don't get that choice. A mom is not only just somebody who birthed a human being, but you're also a teacher. You're also coming alongside and we know through coronavirus, many of you have literally had to become teachers to your children. So you're, you're a mom and, and you're a, a wife maybe or whatever your situation, but now you got this whole role of teacher and you're helping and you're assisting. But not only are you a teacher, you're also a doctor. You don't got no education and all this kind of stuff. You're over here trying to figure out, your kid comes running up the stairs, blood gushing everywhere. All of a sudden you got to move and act and you got you to take care of this or there's a symptom or there's a thing. And all of a sudden you're on you know, the internet Googling what it is. You're, oh my gosh, they're going to die. Because that's the answer of everything when you look it up online. <laughs> It means you're going to die. But all of a sudden, you're, you're called to be a doctor. And then as your kids get older, especially you have teenagers, all of a sudden, as a mom, you're, you're called to be a counselor. You know, you've got all these big things that you're walking through, and you don't have the answers for them. And the worst part about it is you spend all this time counseling, and you can't turn around and give them a $100 bill for your services. Or, you know, you owe me $100 for that counseling I gave you. So you're this counselor. It's this big thing that you got to do. We all know you're most definitely a chef. 
You're working in the kitchen all throughout the day, preparing all these things, getting snacks, doing all this kind of stuff. Even more than a chef, we know that you're a maid, right? Walking around, picking up all the time, picking up all the time, all these different things. Uh, we also know that uh, you're party planner. So you got to coordinate this to go here and do that and do all this kind of stuff. And you have all of these roles. It's absolutely unbelievable how amazing you are being a mom. Can I get an amen today? So I want you to receive that. I want you to understand that. It's funny for me uh, when you think about the things that you can do in life. Oh, I'm a woodworker and I you know, created this thing over here out of wood or I'm a landscaper and I can make a house look like this and do this kind of thing. And you know, you're a macho man, so you might be really cool and be able to decorate a cake real good <laughs> if you got that skill. And, and you got all these things that you can do. But a mom grew a human being. Anybody with me today? Let's just think about that. You literally nurtured and natured and created and formed and put together and birthed a human being. Men are idiots. And we go around... I'll fix you guys on Father's Day. Don't worry about that. We'll get that. I love all these pastors that are like this. They go, oh, come to our Father's Day. On Father's Day, we're not going to beat you up. We're going to be nice to you. We're going to take care of you on Father's Day. And I'm over here Father's Day planning my sermon like this. Uh. (laughs) So don't miss Father's Day. If you skip Father's Day, it's just because I know you're a chicken. So dudes are, you know, oh, we're cool. Oh, man, man, we, we, we grow some stuff. Have you seen this beard? Look at this beard I grew. Look at this beard. Isn't this an impressive beard? Look at this bicep. I've been working out. Like, look at, not me, obviously. You guys, but <laughs> uh, I've grown these biceps. Like, look at me. I'm, I'm pretty amazing. I grew this bicep. But a mom grew a human being. Is anybody with me today? How amazing you are. If you did nothing else from here, you did that and it's amazing. And your role, God's idea was for moms and motherhood and for for you to be able to raise up and nurture young people. And and it's an amazing thing. So I really want to pour into that. But before we get into the Bible part of it, I do want to say a couple things. If you're here uh, and you're maybe somebody who, who didn't birth your own child, but you've adopted it's Foster Care Awareness Month, and maybe you've helped foster for a season, or you have gone on to adopt. I just want to say how amazing you are. Think about that. Children have a need for somebody to come alongside them in their life and take care of them and nurture them. Some, there's a child out there who, who is without a parent and has this great void, and here comes you selflessly and lovingly, and you come alongside and you give yourself to that young child, and that young child gets to give themselves to you. Can we just give it up for every foster parent and foster mom or anyone who's adopted? You're an amazing mom that you did that. You're an amazing mom. Or maybe you're here and you've miscarried, and you just, you, it's hard for us, especially on this day. And Jess and I have had that experience with a miscarriage, and I know many of you have well. And so you've miscarried. I just want to tell you, you're an amazing mom. Think about that. You, you started a spiritual being. You got pregnant and you, and, and, and you carried, you had a spiritual being that now is with Jesus in an eternity. I'm so proud of you. You're so amazing. You're such a great mom that you did that. Can I get an amen, get, get amen today? And then I know for many of you, you're missing mom today. You don't got mom with you and, and it's hard. Takes a, takes a, you know, Take us a little bit of the fun out of it, right? You're missing mom today. Oh, I wish mom was here. And God just told me to tell it to you like this. Mom's with you today. She's part of you. 
You're a product of your mom. And so I know you wish she was here and you could talk to her and have a thing, but mom's with you today. She's got a part of you with you today. And so, so just know, just be encouraged. Your mom's with you. Can I get amen today? Moses is who I want to talk about. Let's get to the Bible. I got four points with you. It won't be very long, but Moses, what an amazing opportunity Moses had. Do you know that Moses got to put in the Bible the account of his own mother? We talk about a lot of honors. This is the best-selling book uh, of all time. Actually, every year it's the best-selling book again and again and again. And Moses had the opportunity to be able to talk about his mom in Scripture. Let's turn there. Exodus chapter 2, verse 1. It says, Now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could not hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket, that's how you say it, and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it among the reeds in the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe. Her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to go get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying. She felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. This was Moses' roadmap to his destiny. This is how it started for Moses. Anytime you want to talk about, oh, you don't know about my childhood. Moses, one of the top five greatest people in scripture of all time, you could maybe even argue top three, Moses, the first five books of the Bible, the Torah, we get from Moses, which means Whenever anyone will refer back to the Torah, which is much of what everybody stood on all the way through Jesus' time, came from Moses. He's in the top five, maybe the top three. Moses, most accomplished. God used him to free his people. Moses, his childhood starts out this way. So it's like anytime we're like, well, you don't know about my childhood. I'm like, well, were you ever put in the Crocodile River Nile and sent down the thing? You know, so many times the enemy puts pressure on a parent, on a mom saying like, oh, it's got to be perfect for your kid to meet its prophetic destiny and accomplish all that God's called it to be and lead people into their destiny for God. It's got to be Zealand Christian School, and then it's got to be da-da-da-da-da, and we make it all this. But I love this story because right here, Moses' mom knows God said he's going to send us a deliverer. God promised us that he was going to send us somebody by way of our lineage to be able to free our people. But then she finds herself in this moment. The mom's name is Jochebed, and the dad's name is Amram. Uh, I twitch a little bit when I hear the word Amram because it sounds like Amrap. And if any of you CrossFitters know what that means, that means as many rounds as possible. Amrap, an Amrap workout. Meaning if you walk into CrossFit and you're like, hey, what's the workout today? Well, it's in as, as many rounds as possible. What does that mean? It means keep doing it till you die. <laughs> That's what it means. And, uh, but this was Amram. And we got some CrossFitters here, and we got a guy who actually comes to this church who runs CrossFit Holland. If you're looking to die in a good way, a fun way, uh, go ahead and look him up and do your first AMRAP. <laughs> so Amram uh, is the dad here. But uh, this was the reality. Back to the story. This was the reality, though, for Moses' mom and dad. The children of Israel, the Hebrews, or God's people in this moment, these Hebrew people, On a daily basis, we're actually facing whipping, chain slavery, although they're believing that God is going, hey, we're going to send a deliverer. They were in a baby boom, and so Pharaoh decides genocide. So that's what I want to talk to you about on Mother's Day today is genocide. 
he decides like, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to kill all the baby boys that are born. As a matter of fact, we're going to make a deal with the midwives and anybody else helping with delivery. And when that male baby is born, you are to throw it in the crocodile infested river Nile. And uh, that would be the order in the process. So think about it for her. Jacobet is She's carrying what she created. She's, she's wondering about God's destiny and purpose. And what if this is a boy? Many of us in this moment, we're sitting right here in this year and we're going, God, I know you spoke to me. God, I know you told me you had this purpose for me. God, I know you told me in 2021, it was going to be a year that we 2021 and we had victory, but I don't see any of it. All I see is the enemy. All I see is the oppression. All I see is the mess and the disunity and all the stuff that's going on. God, where are you in this moment? So I love that she just follows God and she walks out in obedience anyway. And so I got four points that we can take from her uh, in this story. Point number one is this. It's okay to hide your kids. It's okay to hide your kids. Well, what are you talking about, Pastor Josh? I'm telling you, back in the day, we used to, as a Christian, you say, oh, this is how I'm going to raise my kids. I believe this. Uh, I believe that this is how God's called us to raise our kids. In school, that used to be respected. Okay, you're a Christian, you're a believer. Now you have to defend yourself. Anybody with me today? Uh, other parents, other things. You're, you're in this like, and so now what we've done is as you've making decisions, these are the values of our home. Just like when Joshua said, uh, I've choose today who I'm going to serve. As for me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. When you make a statement like that in our culture, you get ridiculed. Oh my gosh, you're sheltering. Will you just lighten up a little bit? Oh my gosh, look at you. You're just, you're just covered. Would you just let them live a little? Oh my gosh, you're going to suffocate them. You're going to ruin them. No, she for three months hid her kid. She hid Moses. And I actually believe that there's power in guarding and protecting and, and taking care of our kids when it comes to values. Can I get an amen? They can't watch all the things everybody watched. They can't participate. They can't go to all the places that everybody else does. Why? Because we're doing a good job protecting. Anybody with me today? I always say this. I would much rather my children come back to me at 25, 30 years old and say, Dad, I'm so glad that you covered me and sheltered me and protected me and kept me from those environments versus my kids coming to me at 25, 30, 35 and saying, Dad, why didn't you protect me? Dad, why didn't you cover me? Dad, why didn't you take the time to pay attention and invest in me and nurture me? Anybody with me today? I'd much rather err on the side of, yeah, yeah, you're all saying I'm sheltering and there is such a thing as helicopter parenting and doing too much. There is such a thing as that. But I also think that the scripture also says that God even shelters us, says that he covers us in the shadows of this almighty, right? We get under the wings of the shadow of the almighty. I believe that it's okay to be overprotecting and covering and nurturing in the presence of God. Can I get an amen today? I thought about it like this, seedlings, seedlings, little things. They, they need the right environments to grow. They need little, these seedlings, they need greenhouses. What does a greenhouse do? It, it makes a protected environment. Why? So that the young thing can grow in a healthy and strong manner. Are you with me today? And so we need to see ourselves as parents, you as moms. You're, you're, it's okay if you shelter. You know, you've been given discernment. I believe that women have a higher level of discernment. Somebody's like, yeah, no brainer. Have you met a man? <laughs> women have higher levels of discernment. And I believe that that's actually God-given. Why? So that you can understand these environments and it's okay to hide and protect and take care of. Anybody with me today? You think about in, in anything that we're trying to grow up healthy. I'm not much of a, of a gardener, but I try. I'm trying to help out. Jess is into it. Her mom's into it. And so I'm trying to, you know, help out with the things. Sometimes you put sticks in the ground, you know, the things, and then they, they climb up the, the sticks. You put stuff in there and they just put it in. You got to give them something to climb up. And then you make a, a trellis. 
Is that right? None of you are gardeners. Okay, that's fine. So you make these chalices and they climb up it. You make these environments where you're aiming them in the way that they should go in a healthy manner. Amen? And so you prop them up. If you ever planted a tree, sometimes you got to, you put the cords on them and you put them out all the way. Why? Because you got you to keep them balanced and tight and taut so that they grow up the right way. So you prop them up. And I believe in that. I believe as your kids get older, you got to smack them up a little bit. You know? <laughs> hey, hey. But it's important. You know, it's okay for you to hide your kids and protect your kids. But I'm telling you, culture is going to try to tell you, wow, look at you. You're suffocating. Why don't you just let them go? Oh, we all did a little bit in college. Why don't you guys all? No, no, no. Let's protect them. Can I get amen today? Point number two is this. This is a fun one, Mom. This is a great one. Point number two is this. It's okay to not know what you're doing. It's okay to not know what you're doing. The reality in our culture is that the pressure is on us because we only show the good parts of things. You go on Instagram, it's like, oh my gosh, they have it all together. Look at their social media. Oh, they've got everything put together. And so it's like, if you don't know everything about everything, you must be some kind of dud. It's okay to not know what you're doing. Think about this for Jacobet in this moment. She's feeling God lead her and tell her, hey, what I need you to do is, is, is put him out on the water and send him down the thing. This is, a, this is an idea. This is a vision that God gave her to go do. How many know she couldn't go on Etsy and be like, all right, how do you send a kid down the river? You can't look up like a thing. She didn't know what she was doing. As a matter of fact, when they talk about like the reeds uh, that he put them on the bank and these reeds, they would have been 16 feet tall. These, she didn't know what would have come out of them or what was in the water, all the things. The other thing about it is she's building this, this basket that she puts him in. There's no plan for how to build a basket because you're not supposed to send kids down the water in a basket. Are you with me? And so it says she's doing tar and pitch and putting this together the whole time thinking like, I don't know what I'm doing here, but I know that God's called me to do it. And she's following that discernment and she's being obedient. And sometimes that's just the way the Lord works in it. Do I put money in the basket? Do I write a letter in the basket? What do I do? Do do I go on the run? What do I do here? She didn't know what she was doing, but she followed what God was telling her to do. It's okay. I'm just trying to tell you, you don't have to know everything about all things. It's okay when you don't know what you're doing. You don't have it all figured out. Just go with what God is speaking to you. Number three is this, enemy presence doesn't equal impossible odds. The presence of the enemy doesn't equal impossible odds. What you need to know about this story is she sends him down the river. Pharaoh's camp is all there. Later in Moses's life, he ends up in Pharaoh's camp. We'll actually get, that, get to that in a minute. But literally in the middle of the presence of his enemies, he's in the middle of it. He's entrenched in it. But just because there's the presence of the enemy doesn't equal impossible odds. I know many of us are sitting here looking at what our kids have to face in school, what our kids have to face online, what our kids have to face in the shows that they watch and the conversations that they have online. There's basically no place they can go that's really safe anymore. Online video gaming has crazy conversation and social media has crazy situation. And in the things that they're learning in school, we have all of these pressures about identity and sexuality and purity. And there's all this disunity. And you're talking about racial this and racial injustice that. There's all of these huge things. Man, when I was a kid, I'm 38. When I was a teenager, all I was focused on making sure happened was that my CDs didn't get scratched. <laughs> that was my only pressure in life. Don't scratch my Dave Matthews band CDs. You know, that was it. But they got all of these huge topics they're trying to navigate and that are getting pushed to them and agendas that are being sold to them. But it's overwhelming for us as a mom. How are we ever? And I'm just here to encourage you. Just because there's the presence of the enemy doesn't mean it's an impossible odd. That's why the scripture says, train up a child in the way they should go. They won't depart from it. 
You aim them, you train them, you send them, you prepare them. Just because they're in the enemy's camp doesn't mean they're lost. Think about this. God's timing is always perfect. So here's Jacobet over here going, God's timing's perfect to raise up a deliverer. And in her life, all she sees is that there's this hit put on all these newborn babies to be killed. She sees that the river's full of crocodiles. She sees that it's a river. She understands that babies don't belong out on the water. She's doing this DIY raft that she's building, hoping that it works. The reality about Moses' story is he was at one point put on the Egyptian payroll. He was also at one point entrenched in their educational system. He was taught their history. He was taught their culture. He couldn't have been any more in the enemy's camp than he was. But the truth and the beauty of it is that he was trained up in a way that he should go and he was sent into that situation and he still became the deliverer of God's people. Can I get an amen? So I'm just here to say today, I don't care how deep your kids are in the enemy's camp. Did you train them in the way that they should go? I believe in the middle of the enemy's camp, God can still raise up your young person to be a freer of God's people. Are you with me? Well, you don't understand. They're, they're learning all the stuff and they're, they're drinking all the Kool-Aid. They're doing all the stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry. God's going to use that very Kool-Aid to free people. Can I get an amen today? God does it just because they're in the presence of the enemy doesn't mean it's an impossible odd. Think about that. That was God's roadmap for Moses to be the deliverer of his people. All this chaos. So I'm just, don't, don't be scared of the chaos. I guess what I'm trying to get you to see. Don't be concerned with how bad it looks. God can still move. Amen. I'll close with this. This is kind of where I want to park for a little bit today. Point number four is this. Obedience in your uncertainty will always engage God's blessing. Even when you don't know how it's going to work, even when you don't know how it's ever going to come to be and you have all of this uncertainty, but you're still obedient with what God called you to do, it brings about a blessing in your life. Here's what's insane about this story. You got to hear this. This is fun. Moses' sister, Miriam, is hiding on the bank. She's at the bank. And here comes Moses in the basket, and Pharaoh's daughter goes, oh, look at this baby. Oh, my gosh, we should get it some help. Turns to Moses' sister, not knowing, and is like, hey, hey, lady, what do you think we should do here? She's like, hmm, maybe we could find somebody who could take care of him for a little while, feed him, take care of him. Good idea. Is it, could you go find somebody? And Miriam literally goes back and gets Moses' mom. Pharaoh's daughter has no idea goes back and gets Moses' mom. And the scripture says that for five years, Pharaoh, the enemy's camp, paid Moses' mom, Jochebed, to nurse and to take care of him for five years. It's back to my point. Obedience in her uncertainty called God's blessing onto her life. You just keep being obedient in your uncertainty. You just keep being obedient. You keep being obedient for five years. Motherhood is hard, and you don't get trained for it. You get trained to shoot a gun. You get trained to drive a car. You get trained to go do all these things. You go to college. You get trained to do all these things. There's no training. There's no, there's no thing. It's hard. And you're always wondering, am I doing enough? Oh, all this pressure. Am I doing enough? Are there, am I letting them hang out with the right friends? Should they have different friends? Should they be in more sports? Should they be in less sports? Are they reading well enough? Are they writing well enough? Are they on tech too much? Should we let them do less tech, more tech? All these decisions we're making. And you're sitting here wondering, like, oh, are we doing the right thing? And maybe you see them getting on a bus, and they're wearing a mask, and you're going, like, are we doing the right thing in all this? And you're, you got all these feelings about the time that we're living in. It's oh, all this pressure, and you're trying to have it all figured out, all of it figured out. 
Should we homeschool? Should we do the other thing? Oh, da, 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 da. What? And what I love about this is Moses' mom just kept doing the next right thing. Even in her uncertain, uncertainty, she just was obedient to the next step, into the next step, into the next step. Even though he ended up in the enemy's camp, he was still the deliverer of God's people. Why and how? Because she just kept being obedient to everything God put in front of her. It's really like the prophet Elsa says. Prophet Elsa says, we just got to do the next right thing, right? First service had no idea. I almost stopped the service and did Frozen 2. Everybody need to get educated. We need to put this up here. <laughs> Mel and I over here, no joke, I was on a rant in my office. And, uh, and I said, we're a little off. We just got to do the next right thing. And she was like, okay, Elsa. <laughs> and I was like, I'm using that someday. So today's the someday. But we make it, we need to know all these things. You're watching the shows and they tell you all the things and you're reading all the books and you think you have to all this put together. How about you just do the next right thing? Because even in all your uncertainty, when you do the next right thing and the next obedient thing, God allows a blessing into your life. You're doing better than you think. There's 86,400 seconds in a day. 86,400 seconds in one day, okay? If you had $86,400 86, and you lost $100, would you risk losing all of the other money trying to work so hard to find that other $100? Maybe it's 100 bucks. I, I, I still got $86,300. I'm gonna stay focused on what I got over here. Many times moms have a little mess up you got a little slip up. You had a mom fail. Maybe you reacted in anger. Maybe you didn't keep your word. Maybe you didn't, you just you messed up. And you will throw away the 86,300 seconds stressing and beating yourself up over the 100 seconds that you've dropped the ball a little bit. I'm just here to tell you, let it go, Elsa. Elsa, that's not in my notes. Oh my gosh, Danny, come on, let's do it. Let it, okay. But I'm trying to free some of you moms today, for real. You're gonna mess up. You're not gonna be perfect. You're walking through uncertainties. You're not, you're, you're qualified because God, but you're not trained for any of this. You're not gonna bat a perfect thing, but don't throw away all the other. Hear me. I see your tears. That's why I'm emotional. But let it minister to you. God hasn't, God's expectation of you is not perfection. Just do the next right thing. Because here's the reality of this. Your kids want your presence, not your production. Your kids just want to be with you. They want your presence, not your production. Not presence, your presence. They want your presence too, little brats. <laughs> There's no kid walking around your house being like, you know, mom has really got to get her interior design together around here. <laughs> this is really. There's no kid going around your house like, you know, if we would just, this utensil drawer, need, drawer needs a lot more organization. Wish we could really just put this stuff together better. No, they want you. They want you. I put it down like this. That's even how you choose your friends. You don't hang out with people and leave friends of yours house. You leave a friend of your house like, man, what a great time. We just love it here. They keep their hardwood floors so clean. They are just our best. We just love coming here and seeing those hardwood floors. 
No, you get back in the car and you go, gosh, we just love them. They make us feel so good. We just have such a good time with them. You start describing their presence and how they make you feel. You experience love and joy and laughter and presence with them. So in all the uncertainty, what do you do? You just do the next right thing and God puts a blessing on it. Are you with me today? I hope it helped. This chaos, this crazy, it feels like we're living in a time where we're sending our kids down Crocodile River. But God's got a prophetic destiny for all of them. And if we keep doing the next right thing and we just keep doing what God's called us to do, I believe God's going to use our kids to free his people. Amen. Let me pray for you and we'll dismiss you. God, we love you so much. We're so grateful for the way that you love us, the way that you lead us. God, I thank you for your design and your idea called motherhood. God, that you are using moms, incredible women, to lead young people and to accomplish what you've called them to do. God, I pray over every family, Lord, that you just give them rest and encouragement, fun, joy, peace, grace, all that they need. In Jesus' name, amen.